Welcome to Dental Dilemmas, brought to you by the ADA Council on Ethics, Bylaws, and Judicial Affairs, and I am your host, Alex Mellion. Today, using the ADA Code of Ethics and Professional Conduct, we will analyze one of the Council's most popular ethical moments. Today's question is posed by Dr. Vishruti Patel in a previously written ethical moment. Plain old truth is just that, or so I thought. We enjoyed fun-filled holidays with family and friends and successfully avoided, avoided politics and religion. Although disagreements and sometimes shouting matches allow us to learn about each other's beliefs and values, they are better left out of a family dinner table or in a dental practice. In the words of the late Senator John McCain, a fight not joined is a fight not enjoyed. But are all fights en enjoyed when joined? Do some fights go beyond disagreements and result in mistrust? Could a fight with a patient who says before receiving an injection with local anesthetic that she is going to a Bible study after the appointment to pray for people like me ever be enjoyable? Is an argument with a patient who offends my staff by saying the Sandy Hook massacre and the Las Vegas shootings were staged with actors ever be just a disagreement? Religion and politics have taken center stage in our everyday lives. This has become the small talk with patients who often bring in the news and alternative facts to their appointments. So what are my ethical obligations to a patient who offends me because of my religion or offends my staff with conspiracy theories? Dr. Patel, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, before we discuss the article, um, tell me a little bit about yourself and where you practice. Yeah, so I'm Dr. Vishruti Patel. I'm a general dentist practicing in um, a suburb of Chicago, Illinois. Um, I'm a past member of the ADA Council on Ethics, Bylaws, and Judicial Affairs, and I am a current member of the ADA Council on Dental Benefit Programs. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Um, before we dive into the article, uh, what inspired you to be a dentist? Ever since I was in elementary school, I always knew that I wanted to be in a healthcare field. And as I grew up and um, had exposure to different healthcare settings and field, one thing that stood out about dentistry for me was the flexibility it offers and the life-work balance that it can offer. And that's what attracted me to dentistry, and that's why I chose this field. Wonderful. As we get into the article here a little bit, what was the impetus or what made you choose this topic to write about? When I was on CBJA, which is Council on Ethics, Bylaws, and Judicial Affairs for the ADA, there was a discussion about possible ethical moments and ethical dilemmas that we face. The thing was that was interesting is most dentists in practice face similar challenges, dilemmas, as far as treatment options, treatment presentations, um, guarding patient safety. However, this particular topic was of interest to me because this, these challenges, dilemmas, uh, are unique to only a certain group of dentists. It's not, not applicable to all dentists necessarily. So um, this was important for me to discuss and bring to light um, just for the sake of awareness and also helping other dentists realize that um, that they're not alone in feeling certain things. No, I, I absolutely agree with you. I know it's it can be a little bit more of a, it seems to be a polarizing or charged time now. And I think this is a great topic. And like we said in the intro, it's definitely one of the 
um, kind of more popular and pertinent articles that as we've looked through some of the, the past articles. Um, yeah. In the article you discuss, uh, how would you would address a patient making an offensive comment um, and came up with mainly three approaches. Would you mind um, just quickly discussing those three approaches? Three approaches it came about because anytime we deal with anything, even as a simple RSVP for an event, there's always yes, no, or maybe. So anytime you're contemplating different options to uh, resolve a situation or you know make a decision, it's always either accept uh, what's happening to you, reject what's happening to you, and, and or the third option is always maybe a, a find a compromise um, that you know works with both parties. So that's how I came up with the fact that there were three options, and in this case specifically. A patient making an offensive comment, you either say, I'm going to treat the patient, continue treating the patient, you know, or you say, this patient can't be part of my practice anymore. Um, or you you find a compromise, make them feel comfortable, maybe address some of the implicit biases that they, they might have, and, you know, still having, still continue having a, a trusting relationship with the patient. No, absolutely. I know it can be uh, difficult to to make a decision between those three at times. Do you have um, any experiences where you've experienced this in, this in your office or an instance where you somewhat draw a line as to kind of which approach you'll take? I know there's always different circumstances, but um, do you have kind of a point in your head where you make one decision one way or the other? There was an instance where um, a patient a mother of a nine-year-old child being treated insisted that she be in the room just for the exam. Um, we informed her that we wanted to build this trust uh, between the doctor and the patient and that we would be discussing any sort of treatment um, after examining the patient and she's welcome to at that point make a decision. She um, then went, became very angry, started using profane language uh threatening the staff and at that point we had to draw a line and 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 realize that that patient unfortunately because of the parent could not be treated at our practice just for the safety of our um all the employees in the practice obviously protecting your your team members and yourself is is of the utmost importance with that in the article you talk about um, adopting a, a policy within your office. Have you adopted a written policy or formal policy for offensive patients or, or comments that are made in your in your own office? We have not. Um, and as I mentioned, some of the large group practices may have um, policies regarding um, handling certain situations and offensive patients. In our case, uh, our practice and my husband's um, a partner in my practice. Um, it's a small uh, family practice, and we didn't want to take a step to um, to develop a policy simply because we didn't want to fit every type of an offensive situation in a box and and have a course of action. Um, we thought in for our practice it was best to evaluate each situation for um, individually and take a course of action 
just based on that individual situation. I know with different circumstances, there's there's no one size fits all for sure. Um, well, thank you for recapping that article. Um, before I let you go, what does it mean to you to be an ethical dentist? It means a great deal for me to be an ethical dentist. Um, being in a, a private practice setting as a partner um, and a practitioner, it has allowed me to make decisions that put my patient's safety first, respect patient autonomy. Um, I'm, I'm faced every single day with questions from patients that say, what would you do? How, what do you recommend? And, and I see that as an opportunity to um, reinforce my ethical decisions and, and make um, decisions in, in a way that are beneficial to patients. Um, and, and I oftentimes answer a question about what would you do, um, starting with, if this were my family member, or this were my mom, or this were this, this is what, this is what I would recommend. But at the same time, this is your decision. It's extremely important for me to um, be an ethical dentist because a relationship between a dentist and their patient is based on trust and professionalism. And it is important for me to safeguard that trust and, and do everything in my power to maintain that trust. No, absolutely. And no, with, without that ethical foundation, um, that patient trust is, isn't always, thank you for answering that part. And then if, if you had one small piece of kind of an ethical tidbit to share with a recent graduate, what would that be? Uh, I, I guess going back to what I just said about, you know, what would you do for your family member and, uh, and how you would want to be treated? Just base your decisions, base your um, recommendations and professional advice on that core foundation. And one other thing that I think it is important for young dentists to remember as they start their practice is they're not alone. When faced with certain challenges and, and dilemmas, there are many resources that the ADA has, um, American Dental Association or their state societies, but more importantly, their local colleagues. Whatever you're going through, you don't have to go through it alone. Um, having a conversation, having discussion, having looking to someone uh, for an answer sometimes um, is, is okay and is, there, is available. No, abs yes, absolutely. And I know a, a lot of, especially um, young dentists or new dentists don't always know those resources are available. And I think that's, that's definitely a, a great key point. Do you have any final thoughts to share about this article or anything else that you'd like to um, leave the audience with? Yeah, so um, we all know that it is a polarizing time right now. And um, in the recent American Medical Association article, it has been reported um, that there's an increase in you know verbal aggressions and also physical threats to healthcare workers. Um, as recent as last month, I had a patient um, when informed that uh, masks are mandated in healthcare settings in Illinois, um, responded by saying, are dentists even real doctors? So just relating to this article and, and offensive comments, 
I would say, you know, remember that you are the head of the dental team. Uh, I mean, most most patients in your practice value your service, and 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 take that and and keep that in mind as you keep moving forward and keep taking care of patients. We took an oath to take care of patients. This is why I chose dentistry, and I will continue to enjoy it. And I'm not going to um, let a few, very very few, aggressive comments, um, you know, shine a light on my experience as a dentist. Dr. Patel, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy yes. day, and we appreciate you uh, spending some time with us. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. A final note about the episode. Please see the show notes for a link to the original article and stay tuned for future episodes. At the close of the episode, continue listening to hear the sections of the ADA's Principles of Ethics and Code of Professional Conduct pertinent to the original Ethical Moment article. Thank you for keeping ethics at the forefront of the dental profession and join Sibja as we continue to solve dental dilemmas. This article discusses all five sections of the ADA's Principles of Ethics and Code of Professional Conduct. These sections are as follows. Section 1. Patient Autonomy, or also known as self-governance. The dentist has a duty to respect the patient's rights to self-determination and confidentiality. This principle expresses a concept that professionals have a duty to treat the patient according to the patient's desires, within the bounds of accepted treatment, and to protect the patient's confidentiality. Under this principle, the dentist's primary obligations include involving patients in treatment decisions in a meaningful way, with due consideration being given to the patient's needs, desires, and abilities, and safeguarding the patient's privacy. Section 2. Non-malfeasance, or do no harm. The dentist has a duty to refrain from harming the patient. This principle expresses the concept that professionals have a duty to protect the patient from harm. Under this principle, the dentist's primary obligations include keeping knowledge and skills current, knowing one's own limitations, and when to refer to a specialist or other professional, and knowing when and under what circumstances delegation of patient care to auxiliaries is appropriate. Section 3. Beneficence, or do good. The dentist has a duty to promote the patient's welfare. This principle expresses a concept that professionals have a duty to act for the benefit of others. Under this principle, the dentist's primary obligation is, is service to the patient and the public at large. The most important aspect of this obligation is the competent and timely delivery of dental care within the bounds of clinical circumstances presented by the patient, with due consideration being given to the needs, desires, and value of the patient. The same ethical considerations apply whether the dentist engages in fee-for-service, managed care, or some other practice arrangement. Dentists may choose to enter into con contracts governing the provision of care to a group of patients. However, contract obligations do not excuse dentists from their ethical duty to put the patient's welfare first. Section 4. Justice or Fairness. The dentist has a duty to treat people fairly. This principle expresses the concept that professionals have a duty to be fair in their dealings with patients, colleagues, and society. Under this principle, the dentist's primary obligations include dealing with people justly and delivering dental care without prejudice. In its broadest sense, this principle expresses the concept that the dental profession should actively seek allies through society on specific activities that will help improve access to care for all. 
And finally, section five, veracity or truthfulness. The dentist has a duty to communicate truthfully. This principle expresses the concept that professionals have a duty to be honest and trustworthy in their dealings with people. Under this principle, the dentist's primary obligations include respecting the position of trust inherent in the dentist-patient relationship, communicating truthfully and without deception, and maintaining intellectual integrity. Thank you for listening, and follow us on your preferred podcast listening service to be notified when new episodes are released. Remember to keep ethics at the forefront of your daily practice, and stay tuned to Siebja Decode's Dental Dilemmas.